What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Masculine Health Solutions Podcast, where we talk about everything related to men's health, sexual health, penile health, and today we're going to talk about men's mental health. Why? Because it's something that needs to be talked about more often. And I'm your host, CJ Rodriguez, online fitness coach who's always looking to get guys into the best possible shapes of their lives. And that is what I specialize in. And this podcast is all about the things that pertain to men's health. And today is uh, no different. Today's no different. I mean, this one is a little bit more of a heavy subject because it's something that I think, you know, we do not talk about this enough, but it's something that is very, very relevant to the modern man. And I do feel that there's a lot of things out there where they just are, are working against the modern man. And as much as I would like to say it's not fair, unfortunately, it's just a society that we live in. And I think it's important that we build a community and, um, do our best to support each other and one of the best ways to support each other is by sharing our stories and that's exactly what my dude james francis is all about right now he is the author of a wonderful book called there's coffee in the fridge <laughs> and if you want to know a little bit more of the backstory in regards to that well you got to listen to the podcast where he opens up and he talks about his struggles and his successes right but james francis looked like he had it all man on the outside you know living the american dream you know he was a former d1 lacrosse player a husband to his college sweetheart a true family man three beautiful kids ceo of a major company in manhattan new york but in private unfortunately jim was suffering terribly he was consumed by suicidal thoughts that eventually turned into suicidal attempts thankfully by the grace of god and the help of his family he went on to overcome his severe anxiety depression suicide attempts and now he's the author of the wonderful wonderful book called there's coffee in the fridge which is about recovery and the stigma associated with it especially for men jim now helps others who struggle with the same issues and you know this this podcast is all about that and how he has learned from i wouldn't say his errors i, I just say from his own personal struggles because it's not something that people choose to, oh, I want to suffer from, you know, anxiety, depression. A lot of these things come from internal wounds that we haven't healed, along with a lot of the different issues that we go through. And, you know, I, I do believe that we all come into this life with different purposes and different roles and different different things that we got to do. And I feel that James, his story is beautiful and that he was able to overcome. And he didn't just overcome it, man. Like... He's actually looking to share his story so that other dudes can, you know, find that power from what he was able to do. And he's leading by example, which is why I really, really appreciate the work that James Francis is doing right now. And I appreciate the fact that he put up the book and and I appreciate the fact that he's being so vulnerable, man, because it takes a dude with a lot of balls to do that. You know, even for myself, I, mean, I don't have the balls to come out and talk about all my transgressions and suffering and all the demons that you know I've, I've laid to rest you know it's it's a difficult thing for absolutely anybody so the one thing that i want to say first and foremost is thank you to james for coming on, on the podcast and talking about this and to any of you guys who may be struggling you know from <clears throat> depression anxiety or any of these issues just know that 
It doesn't make you less of a man to go and talk about this with a professional. If anything, it's what you need to do. And if anything, you should pat yourself on the back for having the balls and the courage to actually go and talk to somebody about your issues. It's easier said than done, and I know that, because I also am a dude. <laughs> and, and it's not the easiest thing to do to overcome hurdles in life. However, if we don't, man, if we don't, then we're just gonna tarnish our lives. And I don't think anybody wants that. And I don't want that for you. I want you guys to prosper. I want you guys to thrive. And that's what this podcast is all about, man. This podcast is all about shedding positivity, baby, spreading it to the masses and making sure that dudes have a place where we can learn about all different kinds of subjects. You know, obviously we, we do focus on the penile health, the male enhancement side of things. But I want to see us evolve as men in every aspects, every aspect of our lives, right? So that's what this podcast is about today. It's about the mental health side of things. And I really hope that you guys can take a whole bunch out of it. I hope you guys can apply it to your lives. And I want to see brilliant things come from some of the guys that listen to this podcast. All right. But enough of my yapping. Oh, actually, before I jump on in. If you do want to get into the best possible shape of your life, be sure to click the link in the description. I already had a couple people signed up and I'm super excited to get the ball rolling. And uh, one of the most beautiful things that I can also, you know, talk about is, you know, one of my clients, man, he's been ripping it up with me and we've been together for about a year and a bit now. And, um, you know, he, he got down to size 30 pants and I'm, hey, man, I'm just so super excited for him and I'm super proud of what he's been able to achieve. So again, if you guys want to get to the best possible shapes, shapes, <laughs> best possible shape of your life, be sure to reach out to me and we'll make it happen, man, because this is what I am passionate about. You know, obviously, I love every aspect of men's health, but man, getting people into the best physiques of their lives, man, it's truly, it's what I'm passionate about. So if you do want to make that change, you're ready to get rid of that fat, get rid of that jiggle. And as Danny likes to say, you know, get rid of the gelatinous titties. <laughs> and I know he's listening. That's why I said it. But um, if you are looking to get into the best possible shape of your life, be sure to get at me and send me a DM here. Or you can click on the link to set up a time and we'll talk about it. But enough of my yapping. Let's jump into today's episode with none other than James Francis, where we can learn a thing or two about overcoming some of the most difficult things in life. <clears throat> And excuse my voice, I'm a little bit raspy. All right, enough of my yapping. Let's jump on in. Before we get started, one more thing. If you want to get any PE gear, be sure to check out TotalManShop.com. That is TotalManShop.com. And use the promo code MHS2020. Promo code is MHS2020 and get 12% off. Be sure to check out their wide variety of all kinds of good quality PE equipment. All right. And that's promo code MHS2020 for 12% off. And the website, once again, is TotalManShop.com. What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Masculine Health Solutions Podcast, where I am joined by James Francis, the author of There's Coffee in the Fridge, a man who was extremely successful and still for some reason could not find that fulfillment that he was looking for. However, he was able to pull through, and the beauty of it was 
that he's able to tell us his story now. And that's the beauty of life, and that's the beauty of learning. But first and foremost, James, how are you today, man? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to the conversation, CJ. Hey, you know, it's an honor. It's a privilege. And the beauty of it, too, is that, you know, it is men's mental health month and i'm like wow that's interesting you know you reached out right at the perfect time and and it's something that we kind of just write off i think too often as men is just like you know i'm fine i'm good so tell us a little bit more about your life and how perfect it was until it wasn't yeah that's great great uh entry point i so (laughs) when i tell my story to groups or, or you know people that i'm talking to i start with you know on may 5th of 2005 i had everything Right. Mm-hmm. I, I ran a business. I was the CEO of a company, uh, beautiful wife, three amazing kids, huge colonial house, country club memberships, brand new cars, everything that, you know, they tell you they uh, you want to achieve. Right. The American dream. And mm-hmm. so uh, that was the day that I decided I'd had enough of living with depression and was going to kill myself the next day. So yeah. um, that that was how my my story started. Fast forward a few weeks and I'm in the hospital recovering and trying to get control of of an existence that I just uh, completely just walked away from. And uh, and that's why, you know, uh, I tell my story. It's, it's important for people to understand that it's OK to say, hey, I need help. I'm vulnerable. I got to slow things down a little bit. I don't understand this, whatever it is. Um, but the story starts there. Right. That That's where. Um, I take a look back and say, hey, you know what, I've achieved what I'm supposed to achieve or what I dreamt of achieving. And it was a complete shit show. You know, I, I just was not happy. And and even though from the outside, right, people look at you and they're like, wow, man, you got everything you could ever want. Right. Um, I want to live your life. But on the inside, I was just missing something unfulfilled, unhappy. You know, I'm living in a marriage that was, you know, by all intents and purposes, pretty amazing. But I couldn't feel that happiness. I really couldn't get to it. And so that was why I had decided to suicide. Um, And I had spent some time, uh, obviously, for the 30 years prior, I had been suicidal multiple times. It never really left me. And it was sort of a go-to reaction to certain things. But what I do in the book is explore the story, right, of why um, I attempted suicide and then go back to very young age and try to understand the, the derivation of that, like the root cause of what was causing me so much anxiety and depression. And that's what I talk about in the book. I, I tell very, at a very granular and real level, the shit that just took me down the path that I went down. That's interesting. I mean, the more I look into that too, they talk about how a lot of the child or a lot of things that happen to us as adults comes from, you know, stems from our childhood and how messed up it is. and. Did you find that was the case for yourself as well? Was there like some type of childhood trauma or something that led to it? Or or was it just a combination of, hey, you know what, I had yeah. it rough and was it cumulative? Or what was it when you actually looked at it from the most granular level? Yeah, it's a great question. It's definitely cumulative. And one of the things that I talk about is it doesn't matter how deep or, or intense your trauma might look like. Right? Trauma, it's all about energy. And if you're a great athlete and you get on the on a court and you, you're in your flow, right? That energy, everybody feeds off of that. Well, it's the same thing from trauma. And so it's not about blaming anybody about what happened to me. 
but it really is about understanding where do those feelings come from and tapping into that energy, right? So um, I tell the story in my book, very detailed story about the time, a time when I was attacked by four guys when I was 17, right? They were, mm. uh, they were ages 14 to 28 and they beat the shit out of me. They were going to, they left me for dead basically. Um, and that trauma, that, that uh, pain and suffering, I carried with me that fear for a long time, right? It caused me to lash out with my own pain and anger. Um, and really understanding that and being able to release that was a critical point in my, um, in my evolution to health. Um, and then there's several other traumas before that, but you know, I started with a DNA pool that uh, was susceptible to depression and anxiety. I had suicide on both sides of my family. My father was, was uh, diagnosed with depression much later in life, but he was depressed. My mom suffered from depression. And you know, that's, that's something that, that gets passed on and you have to learn if you want to, you have to learn how to manage it. And that's basically what I talk about in the book. It's super interesting because I mean, it's funny that we're talking about like childhood trauma and how different things, you know, come off like early on in life and they affect us. But the other thing too, is even the generational trauma, like the stuff that you care that carries over from generations past. It's almost like we all know we shouldn't go near snakes, but why, you know? And it's almost like, (laughs) wait a minute. So where is this anxiety and depression coming from? If I, you know, I I haven't really experienced anything this early in life or, or let's say it just pops up and it, it rears its ugly head and you're almost like, you're almost left wondering, like, why did this carry over? And I mean, in that situation, did you ever feel kind of like a desperation? Like, why me? Like, why is this happening to me? Like, why can't it just go away? Or like, what were the questions you were left with when you were right there in the midst of the moment? Yeah, 100 percent. I think what I go to in telling that is my wife asking me, why are you not happy? Why can't you feel happiness? Because, I, you know, we would go to a party uh with a bunch of people and you know i'm i can be um an extrovert when i need to be right i -hmm. like to be social i like to have fun with people but i get to a point where i just sort of shut down but we would come home from a party and and i'd be like yeah it was okay you know and and she'd be like what are you talking about we just had a blast you know and i just couldn't feel it like i could not get that feeling of fulfillment and i just didn't understand it and so i would question that all the time like why, why am I, if this is it, right? If this is what the world is and I can't feel happiness, then I don't want to be here like that. Mm-hmm. So that is a question that I would ask myself quite often. Is, well, I, I just don't get it. What are we doing? You know, I get out of bed in the morning and, and go to work and grind and, and do my thing, but not really attach that to any sort of feeling of, of um, uh, success or, or attainment, you know? Um, and the thing is that when I, so when I was a kid and when I was a kid, I, I was an athlete, you know, I, I was this pretty successful athlete. I was an all American college lacrosse player mm-hmm. and I spent a lot of time training, right? You can't get something. I don't care what it is unless you've got repetition and practice. Yeah. And I was really good at it, but you out of that and the business world, it was difficult for me to make that transition into that practice of feeling that um the benefit of success i just couldn't get there you know and so that was another reason why uh, i think i felt a fair amount of uh, depression and and uh, anxiety it's interesting too it's almost like again we go back to the whole you achieved it all yet you almost adopted a nihilistic perspective on things even though you had it all which is very strange because you're right from the outside in it appears as though 
it's like I got everything that you could possibly want in life, and yet I'm still left feeling kind of with this emptiness and almost desperation, I think, is the best way. I mean, I could describe it. I myself, you know, I'm fortunate, knock on wood, you know, like I've never really felt it, but a lot of people around me have, right? And depression, anxiety is no joke because I can see how crippling it is and how it really literally kind of just leaves you feeling with like nothing. And that's kind of the like yeah. the strangest thing about it from my perspective is just like, what do you mean you feel nothing? You know, it's almost like there's there's all kinds of good things happening around you, man. It's like you just you just feel nothing. And it's almost like, yeah, I can't describe it to you. It's almost like an emptiness. So my question now becomes what? did you do to get away from that it's like okay you know you had the suicide attempts you know you felt like trash but what did you do to actually start working on yourself because hey you pulled yourself out of that hole and i think that's very very important that you know we start working towards that for all the men out there that are suffering in silence but what were some of the strategies that you employed i think that the most important thing for me initially was therapy talk therapy and being both one-on-one -on -one talk therapy and also in group sessions where I was able to identify that other people were experiencing the same thing that I was. And that was really helpful. But that constant talk therapy, you know, once, twice a week, because it was pretty intensive in the beginning to get me out of danger, uh, mm -hmm. was really the turning point where I started to understand that it's okay to release this stuff. And that's literally what you're doing, right? You're releasing it. And I had a conversation with somebody recently about therapy and, you know, it's been 18 years since I attempted suicide and I still go to therapy. You know, I don't go every day. I don't go every, every week, but I, I still go often. And it's one of those things that it's not like there's no uh, winning therapy, right? It's just ongoing. It's like going to see a train. Be sure to check out gel2grow.com where all mask and health solutions Listeners get 30% off with the promo code MHS28. That is promo code MHS28. If you check out gel2grow.com, you can check out the balms, the ball stretchers, and coaching if that is what you're interested. So be sure to check it out to get your PE journey started the right way with the balms and all the other good things that they have. And of course, the coaching. But be sure to use the promo code MHS28. That is promo code MHS28 for 30% off. a physical trainer yeah. you just keep going right to keep working things out and working on different muscle groups and that's exactly what it is so I, I would say that therapy was probably the single most important thing and what i learned in in that uh initial year or so was the connection to myself and i think that was what was missing the most was really i said one i had a therapy session like eight months after i got out of the hospital and the therapist who i was working with at the time said so do you love yourself and I was like, what? He said, did anybody ever talk to you about that? And I said, absolutely not. That's not going to happen. I, you know, I don't even understand the question. Like I couldn't get my head around that, you know? Yeah. And so I think, you know, in addition to therapy, it really is, it's a connection to who you are and what you want to be. And that's what I was missing. When you make that connection to yourself, there's no denying complete happiness in life. Like that is the thing that frees you up completely. That is super interesting because it's almost like the way I, I kind of, you know, from my perspective as well is almost like that self-preservation piece almost kicks in because you're like, I love this guy, you know, and if I love this guy, then I'll right. take care of this guy. It just so happens that this guy is me, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like yeah. if I do That's, love who I am, exactly right? exactly right. <laughs> yeah, no, spot on, spot on. Yeah, 
Yeah, because if you love yourself, then you really can't cause pain to yourself, right? If you mm -hmm. if you have somebody special in your life, you think about that. The last person you want to cause pain to is the person that you love, whether it's you know your spouse, your best friend, or whatever. And it's the same thing for you, right? If you love yourself, you don't want to cause yourself pain. No, and let me ask you a question in regards to that as well. So, like, even in your moments where you felt really low, really bad. And I guess there was a little bit of disassociation going on as well, because if you're like, hey, you know what, I'm able to disconnect myself from this person that is me, therefore I will harm me and just end this. But my question now is in, in regards to your family and that, like, did your love for them ever change or was it just something that was completely internal in regards to yourself? Or did you just feel dismissive about everything in your in your surrounding, in your situation? Yeah, it's a great question. So here, I love the for my family was they will be better off without me here right this would be the ultimate gift would be to take me out of the out of their lives and benefit from that that's interesting so that that's that's what depression does to you it, it makes you feel that everybody around you would be better off if you were not here wow jeez so as odd as that might sound it sounds like there's still like an element of love involved where it's almost like you're doing this to make them better you know as sick as that might sound because it's almost right you see yourself as a weight that's just kind of hey i'm sorry i'm you know i'm here let me make you guys life better by just getting myself out of the picture yeah yeah and and that is that is a, the perfect explanation so so two things you said what you know before what's it like living with depression you don't you don't experience that the best way that I've learned to describe it is is if you jump into a pool, right? And let's say that the deep end is 12 feet. You swim to the bottom of that 12-foot pool. That's what it's like being in, in a depressive state. You're surrounded with people and things that are happening, but you can't really hear clearly. You can't see clearly. There's a ton of pressure coming down on your body. That's what, to me, depression is. That's what my experience is. Um, and then secondly, yeah, I mean... I met so many people after I attempted suicide that were the children of people who had suicided. And yeah. I met a guy who was like 65 years old, whose father suicided when he was a teenager. And he still was dealing with the pain of that. And that was a huge wake up call for me, right? If I thought that I was doing a loving thing by taking myself out, it was really just the opposite. Obviously, you know, it's the ultimate selfish act. Um, yeah. and instead of being a loving thing, it would have been an absolute disaster. Right. So I've been, I was given the chance and I took the chance to reconnect those family, uh, relationships in a way that healed everybody. So I, I feel very lucky and fortunate to have been able to do that. Yeah, I'll say, cause I mean, I met a couple people like that as well. And you know, it's it, the interesting thing is obviously from your perspective, you see it. And I guess you're almost so just blinded to the situation around you. Like you said, that's a great analogy. It's like you're in that pool and it's like, yeah, things are happening around me, but I can't really feel it. You know, I can't really see it. It's just kind of happening yeah. like a big old blur. But, you know, when you frame everything from that perspective of, hey, you know what? I'm 50 years old and I'm still dealing with the trauma of what happened. All of a sudden, I'm guessing that made a pretty deep impact yeah. <laughs> into, you know, yeah, sure. your approach and, and what you were trying to justify in your own mind, which is extremely interesting because I, I don't think there's any better way to communicate that with people but you know that ah, man wow like that's a very very interesting 
topic that I, I never even thought to explore before, but I think that that'd be something interesting to talk to is people that have survived that or have had parents that have survived that. Yeah. What, what is it that you actually want to get from writing your book and getting your book out there? Yeah, ultimately, I'm trying to get men and specifically men and the people that love them to build connect real connection. Right. I, I think that that's what what the magic in life is, is real is real connection with people. Right. Having having connected in. You talk about this stuff. Right. And they're like, everybody's fine. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was down. And I work with guys every day. And, you know, you ask them how they're doing. And the initial question is always, I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah. But, you know, how about going a little bit deeper, right? How, what's the next question? What, what'd you do this weekend? Uh, you know, watch football, whatever. Well, what, what else? Let's get a little bit deeper. And I think that what I'm trying to do is start a conversation. Get men to start a conversation that is deeper than talking about the trap. <laughs> John, whatever is you know whatever that initial reaction is you know what i mean and so ultimately that's what i'm trying to do interesting so it's just almost just opening up that i guess what you want to do is almost just make it okay and get rid of that stigma because i'll be honest you know like i hear that and almost it becomes uncomfortable for me right off the bat where it's like uh, i don't know you know like and and for us as men it's almost like opening up to that it's like no man you know you got to be sensitive and talk about feelings but at the same time to your point it's like sometimes you know just those simple little conversations could save somebody's lives and it it seems something tiny minute right like just as as small as as any other part of the interaction of the day yet it has such a deep impact so my question now is like, are you looking to start like a community as well? Or is it just starting some like you with work? Or is it just something that you want the book to have a deeper impact with in the future? I, I want to use the book and I am using the book as sort of a jumping off point for a platform of communication, you know, with a broader group of people. So I, I first told my story in 2010 to a group of about 150 people um, down in South uh, Western Connecticut. And um, it was amazing. The reaction the people came up to me afterward and were like, Oh my God, you know, you got to write a book. You got to tell the story, you know? And yeah. so I use this as sort of a jumping off point to, to create that connection. Um, and I don't know where it's going to go. You know, I'm not trying to build a community uh, per se, but I am, I, like I said, I'm trying to start a conversation. Um, and I really am starting to try to, uh, to start that conversation with men between men but also um for spouses and partners and, and close relationships that men have to help mm. them be- those people better understand that it's not that people don't want to connect they really don't know how to connect you know yeah. and i think giving people the language to do that is really important interesting man yeah because you're right the language piece it's almost when they ask you, it's like, do you love yourself? And you're right. It's almost like, I don't really understand what you're asking me. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I just give you a quick example. I, I was, um, and I talk about these types of things all the time, but, you know, I travel a lot on business. I was down at a bunch of meetings in Washington, D.C. Uh, a couple of months ago. And it was a long day, right? Intense day of meetings and, and meeting deadlines and doing all the stuff that you do when you're running a business. And I was exhausted. End of the day, man, I was fried, but we were going to dinner with a client. And, you know, typically people are like, yeah, you know, I got to go to dinner. I got to do this. I got to do that. Shift that to 
this is something that I'm choosing to do, right? I want mm-hmm. to do this, but everybody jumped into an Uber because they had to get to this, this, uh, the bar and have a cocktail before dinner and whatever. And I said, you know what? I'm going to walk. And it was raining, but I needed that time. I needed 15 minutes to just decompress and get with myself because yeah. I knew that if I didn't do that, right. If I didn't make that connection, I wasn't going to be a hundred percent when I got to dinner. And so that's what I did. It's, it's really tapping into what you're feeling and it, being able to express that, right? Create those boundaries and say, and these guys are like, what do you mean you're going to walk? It's raining. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm just going to, I want to get some fresh air. You want to come with me, man. It's all good. But this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think a lot of people are afraid to do that because they feel like they got to go along with the crowd. They got to do what everybody else is doing. And uh, I think establishing the boundaries for yourself, like really understanding what it is you want is Mm -hmm. critically important that's interesting too yeah you're right where it's almost like if you don't decompress you almost internalize all that and then you're just setting yourself up for another explosion yeah which is it's brilliant that you recognize that now but my question now in regards to that as well is just what other what other strategies are you employing because you're right it's like first of all you're able to recognize it which i think is a key piece that a lot of us just don't and it's like, I'm just going to keep just, you know, white knuckling right through it. And I'm just going to keep going through it, you know, and I'll just deal with the grind. No problem until you finally just blow up or you get, <laughs> you know, some bad just happens. Yeah. Yeah. But in your case, it's kind of like you've recognized that and now you've employed the strategy. What are some other strategies that you've realized? Like, first and foremost, is recognizing your feelings and the fact that you need some time for yourself. But what are other things that you say, yeah. hey, you know what? OK, I'm going to do X, Y, Z in this situation to make sure that I stay grounded and kind of respect my boundaries. Yeah, I, so a couple things. Um, there, there are some things that I do that I, on my roadmap to health that are critically important, right? I, I journal, not every day, but most days, right? And, I, and through the day, like I might write down feeling really tired right now and just recognizing that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I meditate, I meditate a couple times a day. Um, and you know, pe- people here meditate and they're like, oh, I don't have time to shut down for 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be 10 minutes, you know? It, it literally could be sl- just breathing in and breathing out just really quickly to understand what's your baseline right now, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of that day, it's five o'clock, everybody's going to get a cocktail. And I, I did a quick baseline check. I was like, you know what? I, I'm freaking exhausted, man. I'm, I, I could be done, but I have this other commitment that I've, that I've made that I wanna meet. And I just breathe a couple times. And once I stop that breathing, I get a sense for where I'm at, you know, mm-hmm. um, emotionally, physically, et cetera. And then I, then the answer just comes to me, but it takes practice. You know, you, you I, I tell people all the time, I coach uh, um, running a business. I coach high school across and I tell nice. uh, the high school, you want to speed up, man. You got to slow down. You got to, and they're like, what are you talking about coach? I'm like, take a breath. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. You kind of broke up there for that last part. Can you say that again? Yeah. 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 I said, I said, if you slow down, do some deep breathing, get yourself to a a stasis, right? A balanced rhythm. And Mm -hmm. then you can go crush it. Then you can get after it. Um, and, And I think slowing down to speed up is a pretty critical, important point. I think so too. Cause I, the way I kind of see it is that life kind of works in rhythms, you know, and, and it kind of goes in waves. And oftentimes we think we're going to go 100% full speed, full tilt the whole time. And I think the only thing that that really ever leads to is burnout, 
You know, if you never take, mm. like, as corny as it sounds, you know, the older I get, the more I start to realize that as well. It's like, you got to slow down and really smell the roses. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. you got to take a it's walk true. in nature. You know, you got to look at your kid and be like, wow, I'm going to enjoy this moment with him because, hey, he's getting bigger. You know, and it's like, as you look around, you're like, my kid's almost going to be 18. Well, no, he's a couple of years away, but it's like, hey, you know what? Where did these last 13 years go? And life just kind of yeah. keeps happening like at a super fast pace anyways. So to your point, you're right. You do got to slow down. You do got to cherish those little moments. And if you don't slow down, you're just going to realize it's like you're just going to keep going at 100 miles per hour. Or you're going to crash into something. Right. So I think those yeah. are great strategies to employ for everybody. Yeah. So so in addition to journaling and meditation, uh, you know, I talk about a lot about breathing techniques. Uh, I talk a lot about getting good sleep, drinking a lot of water, you know, not, it's nothing magical, right? But it's, it's the same yeah. thing as if you're, if you're training to be a, a high level athlete, it's having that practice of all the stuff that you need to do in order to compete, right? And compete in life. Um, but you're bringing up a good point that, that the only thing that really matters is right now. Yeah. I, I literally, that's the only thing that matters uh, and everything else will take care of itself. If you're in the now, if you're here today, right now sharing the moment that you and I are sharing, this is all that matters right now, right? In a half an hour, I'd be doing something else, but I, I got to give this my all in order for it, for me to feel happy, you know, to feel comfortable. Yeah, well, that's kind of what mindfulness comes down to. It's like, how present are you in the mm -hmm. now? Because the now is truly all you got. Like, and I once heard it too, is that depression was like stressing out about what happened in the past and anxiety was worrying about the future. Right. And, and now that I kind of, you know, the older I get, I'm like, well, it's a true statement because sometimes we'll feel certain emotions about what already happened. But the truth is you can't change it. So what already happened almost becomes irrelevant. And then what's going to happen? Well, you know, how often do the worst possible scenarios actually take place? Not often. Right. So it's it's almost like we got to learn to just yeah. disregard that and go with like, well, where am I right now? Because this is the only situation that I truly, really know and the only situation that I'm truly, really in. The other things that have happened and the things that will happen, I don't really know for certain. Therefore, I shouldn't put that much attention into it. And it's funny because meditation is all about bringing yourself right into the moment. And for myself, anyways, like the meditation that I do is almost like, okay, just, you know, breathe in, breathe out and enjoy the moment, you know, just cherish it, just get into it. And I think too many of us just run away from the principles of that. In the guys that you've talked to and opened up, you know, conversation with, have they been receptive to the, to you know, to meditation and journaling and some of that stuff when you do talk to them, or are they kind of hesitant, like ah, you know, it's not for me? Yeah, no, I, you know, I get reactions all over the place, but when people ultimately do it, their reaction is always, "Holy shit, this is amazing!" You know, I so <laughs> I took me a few years to go back to work, right, to actually get back into sort of senior leadership positions. And I decided, you know, there's no separation between my personal life and my work life. I am who I am. Yeah. So I started to bring meditation into the boardroom. I mean, I literally started meetings with a meditation practice. And, you know, initially people were like, uh, you know what, I, I have to do this. I don't want to do it. It's it from a collaborative standpoint. It's amazing to watch teams, how they react when they're doing that together. Yeah. And so. So, yeah, I mean, I went in all I went all in and brought it into the workplace and uh, and have taught so many people how to meditate, how to slow things down. And that the, the reaction, the outcome is incredible. You know, mm -hmm. people work more collaboratively. There's more teamwork. There's more trust. Um, there's more creativity. Um, so the benefits far outweigh any sort of anxiety or, or 
hurdles to get there, you know? Mm-hmm. That's interesting, too. I could just imagine everybody in the boardroom just like, <laughs> you know, breathing in, breathing out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh man, <laughs> but that probably made for a more peaceful environment. Because I mean, that's the good thing is that even out of the negative thing that may have happened in your life, you know, the beauty of it, James, is that you were able to bring some positive into the workplace, into the workforce, and some that I think a lot of people are going to remember more than just like, hey, you know what, X Y Z happened this quarter. Oh, whatever. You know, talking shop really yeah. goes nowhere. It's interesting that you decided that, hey, my personal life will not be separated from my professional life, and I'm going to integrate these two things. How deep of an impact do you think that's probably made in the workplace for you and your company and from the people that you've talked to? I, I think it's been phenomenal. I mean, I, I, I uh, actually went to a wedding recently um, in the Caribbean with a friend, a guy who I've been a mentor of for 10 years. Yeah. And at the wedding were four, four or five guys that I worked with 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Were, that started this whole meditation thing and, and you know and they were these guys are they're all connected to each other they're all working different places now but yeah. they're all still connected because of that initial relationship establishment that we put together that i put together for them and i and i sat at this table with these guys at this wedding and i was like man this this is pretty impressive i feel really good about this like <laughs> the the real work that i did with these people is right in front of me you know what i mean they're all successful. They're all happy. They're all doing some of the same things that we all learned that, I, you know, we learned how to do together. It was pretty cool. So I, I think the outcome has been very, very positive. I really do. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, we were talking about things about life um, right from the start. Like I had just seen them the day before and I hadn't seen these guys in probably seven, eight years. Yeah. And so, you know, they're, we're talking about their kids and what, what's going on at with their kids schools and like you go right into deep conversation because you've already established that you can do that that it's okay you know yeah yeah so no that's interesting i mean beyond interesting it's beautiful because you're able to have that connection right off the hop and you don't you know and i the reason why i can resonate or that resonates with me so much is that i i hate small talk (laughs) you know sometimes where it's like With like a lot of things where it's like, no, let's just jump into it, man. How are you feeling? Like, how are you doing? What are your plans to say, hey, you can go visit your family. What, you know, things that are actually more, I don't know, have more weight, you know, and you get into those beautiful conversations. And that's where people can open up to you and be like, yo, man, like legit, I feel like shit lately. And it's almost like when you have those conversations that are truly transparent, you can see the beauty of it. And you can see the positive impacts and like, hey, you know what? We're highly successful ripping it up. And now we're here in the Caribbean having a good time. You know, like all these things tie in in such a beautiful way where it's I think that's beautiful because it's just it's all about making that positive impact right and and now that you know you you said okay i don't want to suicide myself (laughs) you know i'm not looking to do that i want to make a bigger impact before i actually die when god says it's okay it's your time and i think that's beautiful in in regards to like what you're doing now but the one question that i forgot to you know i had it written down here earlier and i was looking at my notes and i'm like that's right i got one question for you and that's why is it called there's coffee in the fridge why is that the name of your book (laughs) yeah it's a great question. Um, so life for me is about the little moments that are create the magic, right? That being able to pay attention to those small moments and not the big things, not the big dramatic goals and successes, but really those little moments. And so um, uh, I had, I suicided, I was in the hospital, worked my way back and decided to go back to work and start to get back into the world. 
And I was going on my first business trip that I I hadn't traveled in a long time, probably three to five years, somewhere in there. And um, I was pretty anxious about it. And uh, I said to my wife, who my wife typically at that time was a night owl. She'd stay up till 12, one in the morning. She'd (laughs) sleep till eight or nine in the morning and go off and do her thing. I was always an early bird, right? And so I said, look, I'm going to go to, I'm going to get on a flight tomorrow very early. I'm going to leave at four o'clock in the morning. I'm going to head to the airport. I made some coffee. I put it in the fridge and I'm going to, I'm going to take off. I get my alarm went off at four in the morning. I wake up, I tiptoed around the bed. I went bent down to give her a kiss and she turned over wide awake and said, there's coffee in the fridge and that, and just laughed at me, you know, and that I just carried through that, that first business trip with me, that one moment, that small sentence carried me through that entire week. And I knew I was going to be fine, you know? And so it's it's those small interactions that we miss that we tend to miss um, that I think are so magical. So that's that's why it became the title of the book. That's interesting. Well, that's good. And that's, yeah. I mean, that goes to the the power of what those little the little situations can have on us for the rest of our lives. And that's the beauty of having wives too. I mean, Lord knows, you know, I love my wife too, and that's one of the things that you know obviously kind of propels forward. <laughs> you know, in a lot of yeah, these situations. Yeah. Yeah. And especially it's kind of like, yo, that one tiny little sentence, not even a sentence, right? Just right. a statement. And it's funny how you found that to be your anchor to really be like, you know what? Everything's going to be all right, which I think yeah, is great, exactly. man. <laughs> yeah. The other yeah, question. In that I, moment. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. The other question no, I just had in regards to it was, um, you know, in the book, what, are the, what, are, what is the basic outline of it? Um. Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I wanted to teach, right? But I didn't want to preach. And so the basic outline is a story of my life. It's the arc of my life, starting with suicide attempt and then working backwards to understand the trauma, the root causes of my depression. And mm-hmm. so ultimately, the book is a story of my life, but it's told in a way that, um, uh, you know, there's business stories in there. There's there's uh, athletic stories in there. Um, of my life and I walk people down what I think is a fairly interesting path and so mm-hmm. they're going to pick up what they're going to pick up right um, and, and, and they're going to learn but they're not going to feel like it's a self-help book and that was really important to me interesting okay so it's not so much of a self-help follow these three strategies to ensure you yeah. never feel pain again yeah. it's, it's more of a hey this is what worked for me and Kind of like yeah. a bio- biography a little bit. So yeah, I, I like sure. that perspective. Yeah, no, it, I yeah. think it's better too, because sometimes for myself, I, I, I like that just like observing what people have done, you know, and just saying to myself like, okay, if they've done that, I could probably apply these different principles and these different concepts, which is why I think that style works out quite brilliantly, actually. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. And, you know, I worked in Manhattan for years down on Wall Street. So the language of the book is is pretty gritty um and i think people will identify with it you know it's and i and i think that the self-help books and i've got a hundred of them uh are phenomenal but i did not want to write another one you know mm-hmm. i wanted to write a story that was like this shit's real and, yeah. and i'm going to talk to you about this in a way that nobody has ever talked to you about this yeah and you know what and again going back to what we were talking about men it's it's almost like we want to learn about these subjects. We want to pay attention to them. But, you know, when we're presented to it, like, in our face, it's like, hey, man, I'm going to tell you a story. It's like, oh, I don't want to really hear about it. However, when you put it in a book, 
and you're able to just take all that, put it in a book, we'll read it, you know, and you'll probably communicate it in a way yeah. that's men, most men are probably going to be very receptive to it. And I think that's the biggest takeaway is that when guys yeah. can actually take what they've read in the book, apply it to themselves and read it in a way where it doesn't feel like, hey, you know, you're preaching at me in any which way. I think that's a score. I think that's a massive plus because nobody, I mean, yes, I'm one of those guys that I got self-help books too and I like to read them and I like to apply them and, you know, the more the merrier. But I know a lot of dudes who just kind of prefer to like, tell me your story and then I'll see what I can pull out of it. And I think that's that's yeah. massive. The other question I had for you is, is there, is there an audiobook version out yet or no? There is not. And that's something that's in the works, but I haven't finished it yet. Okay, awesome. Because uh, I know a lot of the guys that listen to the podcast, you know, they tell me like, hey, audiobooks is kind of the way they do it. <laughs> oh, that, that's good to know. I, I haven't, you know, I don't listen to audiobooks, so, but it is, it's good to know. I, I, maybe it's something I got to move to the front burner. No, there's, there's a lot of different platforms, different ways that you can go about it. So, no, it's very accessible these days. So, it's all yeah. good. Eventually, one of these days, man, you just get that set up. And, I mean, you probably have yeah. a bunch of downloads. So, you know, it's a great awesome. way to go about it. But last question I had is, in regards to the impact that you're making right now and in your life, what's the biggest change that you can say has happened to you after all that you've gone through to where you are now? What's the biggest difference um, I, I would, I mean, the biggest change has to be just my connection to myself and being real. And I, you know, I think that the, that carries into everything that I do, right. It carries into my work life. It carries into my, my relationship with my wife. It carries into my relationship with my kids, you know, ending this cycle of that cycle of pain, um, I think was really important. Um, and yeah, it's just being connected to myself. You know, I quick and quick real life example, you know, yesterday, I was tired, man. I don't know what the hell I was. So I was so freaking tired. And uh, <laughs> I did a little work in the yard. And then I, I came in the house. It's like two o'clock in the afternoon. And I was just beat. And normally I would have just plowed through, right? My mm -hmm. whole family's here for Thanksgiving. Everybody's getting ready for the holidays. And I was like, man, I got to take a nap. I'm going to I'm gonna crash here in about two hours, you know? And I did. I came upstairs. I meditated for 15 minutes. Fell asleep. Woke up, you know, 40 minutes later. Felt like a million dollars. I never would have done that. Yeah. So I think get, getting connected to myself was really the most important change. Interesting. And I mean, again, we go back to this, but it's, it's ah, the knowledge of self can completely change everything in regards to our lives. And I think that now you've made that connection, obviously your life will only get better. And I wish it's one of those things that everybody yeah. that listens to this podcast can actually take home and take to the bank with them and say, hey, you know, where are you right now? Are you mindful and are you grounded to who you are as a human being on this planet right here, right now? So, you know, I think that's a great way to end the show. And, and I think a lot of people will actually take that to the bank and hopefully they all feel like a million bucks as well, because it's one of those things that it seems as though at the surface level, like we're all doing it, but we're not. Right. And this, unfortunately, yeah. the statistics yeah. kind of show that. So I'm really hoping that a lot of people can take that one major concept out of this show and apply it to their lives. But James, it's been an absolute blast having you on the show. Um, before you go, I just want to ask you, are there any closing words or anything that you may have wanted to say that, you know, you, you didn't get to talk about? I just think that, you know, the, the 10 things in the book that I talk about, this roadmap to health, are really important. And regardless of whether you do 10 or you do two, starting somewhere right and and saying to somebody that's in that was in your life hey i'm not feeling great right now i need some help 
uh, or I want to get better, whatever that is, admit it and ask for help. At we, at, you ask anybody for help, right? They're always going to help you. And it's easy to do. And it's okay. It's okay to be vulnerable. Uh, so that that's the thing that I think is most important. It's just, you know, get that connection yourself and be willing to be vulnerable. Open yourself up to the people around you. Awesome. I like that. I like that. And the last thing before you go is also, if people want to reach out to you, connect with you, buy the book, where can they do that? So website is there's coffee in the fridge dot com. Uh, the book is on Amazon. Uh, just, you know, look at you can Google me, James Francis. Um, I also have a website. I think it's jamesfrancis.net. Um, you can also access me on LinkedIn if you want. Uh, feel free to reach out anytime. Uh, I think that would be awesome. Perfect. And again, as you guys already know, the links are always in the description. So you guys can always click from there and always make sure that everything's super accessible so you can get connected with James and the book. And be sure to buy the book. If you're suffering, man, don't suffer in silence. Get something that's going to help you out. With that being said, James, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And hopefully you can come on again in the future and we can talk about more stuff down the road. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, CJ. I appreciate it, man. All right. Thank you. Until the next episode. Right. 